0: Hey there! Welcome to the Lead Bold Podcast, a place where we engage in incredible conversations with amazing leaders in ministry and ministry partners as we encourage and challenge one another to live fully into what God is calling us to be. Each episode, will dig into three questions, one, what is hard about being a woman leading in ministry? Two, what is one transformational or even trajectory changing lesson you've learned about leadership? And three, what does it mean to you to lead bold? We have such an exciting guest for you guys this week, Christine Ingebretson, who serves as the regional director for the East Bay, for Foster the Bay, an incredible organization helping children to find homes in the Bay Area and beyond. Uh, Christine has been in pastoral ministry for many years, serving also at the Mount Herman Conference Center, and has even been their pastor in residence for a family camp. She is just a wealth of knowledge and speaks truth uh, from the Lord into the lives of men and women at all uh, stages of life. And so excited to have her share with you today. Also, if you'd love to hear more from Christine, she's going to be on our panel at our conference this weekend, which is September 12th, 2020. We're right around the corner here. Tickets are still available. If you'd like to know more, you can find us at leadingbold.org. All right, let's jump in. Hey, Lead Bold listeners.
1: We can't wait to share this incredible conversation that my co-host Aaron and I had with Christine Ingebretsen. First of all, The way Christine talks about her journey to truly embrace who God made her to be and how he gifted her will be such an encouragement, especially to those who might not always feel like you can fully express who God made you to be. Also, as with any conversation with Christine, there is a lot of laughter. Plus, there's one moment where Aaron brings the story full circle and basically just blows all our minds. So... Enjoy this episode, and may it bolster you and the work God's called you to do. Well, hey, Christine. Thanks for being with us today. Yay. It's so great to be here. Excited. Excited to have you here. Erin and I um, are both friends with Christine, and I'll say this on a personal note. Uh, If you have ever met her, you suddenly have a new, amazing, joyful, positive friend in your life who is... Not only all those things, but also just brings a deep thoughtfulness uh, to everywhere she goes. So, um, I'm really looking forward to just changing our lives right now with what you're going to yes. say, and <laughs> just really <laughs> dropping some wisdom on us. Thank you, Andrea. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Okay, let's change
2: the world. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, well, as you know, we kind of try to circle around three main questions in uh, this podcast. And so we're going to kind of just jump right in because we are all women in ministry and our audience, most of you listeners out there are women in some sort of leadership role in ministry. And while we could spend all day talking about how amazing it is and how incredibly honored we are to get to do that, Uh, the reality is, is that also it's a little tough. Um, Sometimes there's some struggles. And I find that sometimes when you jump into that together, there is that sense of like, this is my community and they get me. And so we're going to just jump into that. Does that sound okay? Yes,
2: that's so true. Yes. (laughs) Love
1: it. So I guess the first question really, Christine, is as you think about and, and you know, I'm sure there's a number of things, But as you think about something in particular that that is tough either lately or just in general as you see it in your role or just women in ministry in general, um, can you just share with us a little bit about
2: maybe one thing that has been a
1: heavy burden for you?
2: Yes, yes, such a great question. I think for me, in this season of ministry that I'm in, Uh, Working with Foster the Bay, Foster the Bay is actually a coalition of churches. And so when you have a coalition of churches, you have a lot of various perspectives on the freedom of women in ministry um, to do certain Mm -hmm. things in certain environments. And so for me, one of the challenges is navigating um, those relationships with grace. Um, knowing when to speak up and advocate for what I believe to be true in a given situation versus when it's okay for me to just let things go and honor an environment that I'm in. So I think that's just a really, that's been really challenging for me um, with the unique gifts and calling I have on my life to be tender with folks who come from a different perspective to respect where they're coming from. And yet also to, celebrate who I am and offer the gifts that I do bring to an environment. Um, And and so knowing even when, like, for instance, some churches that we work with um, would, would love for me to come and preach. Others would not feel comfortable with me coming to preach. And so even knowing for me, it's a challenge to know, do I offer that to everyone or do I offer it just Mm -hmm. to some that I assume might want that. Um, And so even just navigating how, you know, how to just process through that in, in a given situation uh, has been a challenge for me in this season. And always, I think just kind of a corollary to that is there's this um, feeling sometimes for me as a woman in ministry that when I offer my gifts, that there's like this um, reputation of being or like this fear of that I'm being ambitious that you're trying to push your gifts or you're trying to, you know, wait to be asked, just be responsive. Don't be aggressive. Don't take initiative instead of just this idea of one. No, I, I like, I want to celebrate who God made me to be and offer this in, you know, full of grace and truth, full of a humility, um, but also a willingness to go, no, this is what God has put in me. And I, and I'd love to offer it. So I think sometimes that's a difficult thing for me too, as a woman in ministry is, is being, you know, just the fear of being perceived as being ambitious or aggressive. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And so I I kind of work, find myself working hard to always be likable. In fact, one of the phrases that one of the partners that I recently worked with, he's like, you're aggressively likable. Is the phrase
1: that he has said. (laughs) 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 That could be the title of your autobiography. Aggressively (laughs) likable. You know, but what we're saying, you're talking about this tension that I think so many of us feel first of all, the tension of the mission of the organization I'm a part of and then my own agency, I guess, of who I am and how God's gifted me. And it sounds like you you constantly are having to walk that line. Yes. To quote Johnny Cash. (laughs) Uh, So and then on top of that, the on the one that's just about you, it's even if there's not any other outward push, there's something in us as women sometimes, right. I think, that feels like that part of us that is, that is ambitious and that is a go-getter and that has a really strong opinion yes. has to temper that somehow so as not to offend or mess up someone's expectations of us. It sounds like you're
2: kind of running into that on the daily just with your role. Yes. Yes. And I think that's such a great way of naming it, of living in that tension and for me, at the end of the day, honestly, for me, it's about finding homes for kids that need homes. And so, for me, um, if I'm around, if I'm across from, if I'm the table from someone who cares about vulnerable children in foster care, then that's what I'm going to care about in that moment. Um, but but there is that sense sometimes where I'm living in that in that tension of, and I come away from conversations feeling like, wow, wow, um, I, 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 it's almost easy to be hurt. Uh, and to not, to, to feel like um, almost rejected. And I, I know that can be dramatic, but it's, it, it's it, you know, um, to be, you know, you want to be celebrated for who you are um, and you want to be embraced. And and it's hard when, when that's just isn't a part of every conversation. And yet everyone is very gracious, you know, but it's just, it's just hard. We have different perspectives mm-hmm. and we have to, to learn, all of us have to learn how to love each other through our different perspectives.
1: Yeah. What would you say to the, um, the ministry leader, the women who are listening, who, um, like, what advice would you give for them to be able to hold to that mission and be able to let go when it feels like they got our feelings hurt or, it, it squashes our own personhood and yet we're upholding that mission. Yeah. Can you just give sort
2: of some wisdom there? I was actually talking about that with my spiritual director today, <laughs> literally. Um, and one of, the, one of the practices that has helped me is to actually name the hurt. Um, it's easy to, and because I am a positive person, it's easy for me to just um, give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And I think that's really good to give people the benefit of the doubt. But sometimes I do that and I bypass my own experience of pain or um, that feeling of how of being dismissed, even if that's not the intention. And so to name the way that made me feel and to name that and, to, and then to bring that to Jesus and to say, I, I give that to you, Jesus. Um, I give that hurt that I feel. I give that um, sense of rejection to you, Jesus thank you for naming me and seeing me and calling me and freeing me. And I, I surrender um, that hurt and pain to you and I invite you into it. Um, and I feel like that is just for women in ministry that are, they're navigating that. I think it's really important for us to name it. I think that's what I would say to name it and acknowledge it rather than just bypassing it. Because the, the, the thing is, is when I bypass that stuff, Oh, it's good. We're okay. You know, they meant well, if I just do that all the time, then it's going to come out in some other way. It's going to, it's going to come out, (laughs) whether that's through some of my own kind of numbing behaviors or whether it's through, um, maybe angry feelings towards someone who um, loves me very deeply. (laughs) And all of a sudden, um, you know, I pounce on them. And so for me to, to be honest, um, about the way something makes me feel and then to let it go, to let it go. And also honestly, and maybe this sounds cheesy, but for me to bless that leader, like I bless him i bless her with your presence and your power and your peace and thank you for meeting them in their journey and i um i I, for me i have a real hard time being upset with people that i'm literally praying blessing over i think that's why jesus tells us to love Mm. our enemies and pray for this Mm. um and i mean this that's i'm i'm jumping these are not my enemies but you know what i'm saying just whenever we bless, wow where do we get there? <laughs> like, but just this idea of just when you bless someone, when you literally pray God's favor, blessing, and movement on their life, and you really believe it, it it's it's uh, it can really set you free.
0: It's so interesting. I think because when we consider our giftings, right, our spiritual giftings, so much of that is how we identify our identity in God, the way that he has put callings on our life. And so um, it's so hard in those spaces because we identify with that as who we are to um, separate our thoughts about how people feel about us when it is connected to our gifting. And so um, it is... You know what? An it's the way that we feel intimacy with the Lord and the way that we feel intimacy with others in in a ministry setting. So much of what you do is interpersonal, and so to sometimes in those spaces where we have to kind of ignore the personage of what's happening for that greater goal, right? Mm -hmm. To put children in homes, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it eliminates the pain of feeling like who you are is not necessarily being acknowledged in the space. But I do love that to say that you cannot actively hate something you are actively trying to bless, yes. which is really cool. I love that. Thank you, yeah, that word. is so
1: powerful. I talked to an executive pastor once, and she was talking about how she helps her staff manage conflict. And one of the exercises she has them do when there's two people who have some sort of conflict and she'll meet with them and they'll kind of talk it through. And then she'll give them an assignment for the next 30 days every day to be doing exactly what he said to be praying blessing on each other mm-hmm. and wow. she circles back 30 days later wow. and guess what <laughs> They, their hearts have softened toward yeah. each other. They've been able to forgive. They've been able to, and, and, and kind of circling it back to the beginning of what you were saying, get back to the mission yes. of what they're doing instead of it being about the interpersonal, how somebody might do something differently or view something differently or whatever.
2: Absolutely. And I think that's one of the, I really think that one of the things that's really gone awry in our world right now is the inability to be able to work with people partner with people who have different perspectives than us. I mean, we are categorizing, yes. we're categorizing people as all this or all this, if you're, you're in or you're out, you get it or you don't get it instead of the, the nuance of relationship. And that I can be on mission very much with someone and yet have a different perspective on something that I really care about. And that doesn't take away the value I have in this relationship. It doesn't take away all the beauty about the relationship because there's this one very important area that we disagree on. And I think when it is important areas like Aaron, to your point that have to do with our own personhood, that it's easy to kind of just either sweep it, you know, the all or nothing mentality about relationships. Right. Uh, right. instead of saying, no, I'm going to live in the tension and the nuance of this relationship and embrace this beautiful part of it and let go of the part that isn't as beautiful. And it's hard for me. And yet still embrace the person and the relationship. And I think that is really important and of course i'm not talking of any about of any, in any abusive situations i'm talking about when we have different perspectives on things and really believe passionately that scripture says different things this is you know a lot of this is yeah. a different perspective on right. scripture it's pe- people have gone to the scriptures and come away with different understandings and God, someday when we meet God, it's like, can you explain that to me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why
2: were you so evasive
1: about the theology? It's so true, especially now. I mean, you layer on top of just different, differing theology out of the same Bible, yes. um, different political views, different, even different passions. Like yes. you in your work, you're trying to find homes for children. and And yet, somebody else that is not what they're passionate about. So you're having to kind of push that passion at, at appropriately into the world and in your ministry and living out your calling and yet recognizing that the value that you hold in that isn't going to be held the same by somebody else. That's so hard.
2: I think that's probably one of the But if
1: we could all learn that, we'd
2: be
1: we'd be way better.
2: We'd be way better. We'd be way better. Yeah. And celebrate that instead of be angry with each other for not caring about the same things (laughs) to the level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, So I want to kind of switch gears a little bit because I, um, you know, uh, having all of us here have been in ministry for a number of years and along that season, there's always some kind of a, trajectory shifting kind of realization or experience that happens. And Christine, I thought maybe you could share with our listeners uh, something for you. Um, I know you were talking um, to us before we started recording here, just about um, even kind of almost wishing you were a man early on in life because of those gifts that you identified as being, you know, gifts that maybe would serve a man better and kind of how that shifted for you and how God gently brought you to the other side of that. Can you talk about that?
2: Yes, absolutely. You know, it really started with my life not going according to plan. So when my life, and that, for me, that was through infertility. We had one baby and then never again were able to conceive. And so basically at that point, I threw out my whole plan for my life. I was like, okay, forget it. Like I, what? back to the drawing board. So we ended up moving all the way across to um, Colorado. Um, that was never in the plan, but everything fell up in the air because my plan had slipped through my fingers. And all of, I would say that for me, the way that I interacted with God shifted from being this A plus B equals C. <laughs> like I do my part. I am your girl, God. And if I do my part, you're going to do your part and give me what I want, which is a bunch of babies. And if, if you don't, if you don't do that, are you real? I mean, honestly, it was a faith shifting experience for me. Um, wow. And so everything, it just felt like, like kind of, I was in the ruins. Um, and in that season, um, I was sitting with Jesus. I was 34 years old and I was sitting with Jesus in this um, big red chair. And I was visiting Psalm 139. Now, now incidentally, not incidentally, (laughs) but as God would have it, Psalm 139 is actually the first text I ever preached from. I preached from Psalm 139 in January of 2004 um, for the first time. And um, so this is about a year later. And I was sitting there with Jesus around this text. And I was really full of self-hatred. I'm like, God, why did you make me this way? Why did you put leadership and prophetic gifting and preaching and teaching and this even dominant personality. Um, why did you put all these things in me and then put me in more of a, like in, in a conservative Christian environment um, where that's more hierarchical. Now my family has evolved and even my church culture has evolved since then, but that's what it was growing up. And so I was so, I was like, why didn't you give me the gift of helps? You know, <laughs> Uh, So why can't I see Where are those hospitality gifts? Yes, yes. My mother, like my mother has the gift of serving. She sees your need, she meets it. I mean, she makes a grilled cheese sandwich for my dad. It's ready to, all you have to do is turn it on, turn the stove on and, you know. So it's like, it's this idea of anticipating what everyone needs. That's never been me. And And so I was sitting in this chair with Jesus and all of a sudden the spirit's presence was palpable in the room. It was almost like, swirling around in that space, right in my, in my spirit. And it was like, when I got to those verses to say, you knit me together in my mother's womb, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I, I felt God saying to me, I knit you together. And I put all of those things right in you. I put leadership in you. I put prophetic gifting in you. I gave you your personality and I made you a woman because that is how I wanted you to be in this world. And you are exactly who I made you to be. And all of a sudden it was like, and I felt his compassion. I felt this incredible compassion over me Um, that he was, he was, it was almost like a motherly compassion I was feeling from God that he was mothering me through this kind of tender moment. And it was just this beautiful life changing moment where I began to receive and really live into who God made me to be instead of fighting who I am but surrendering to it and realizing that it was God's idea. It was God's idea um, to make me this way. And that changed everything for me. It's not like, oh, no problems, no no challenges from then on. But that was a, a, a literally life-changing moment, a shift in the way that I experienced my own relationship with God and my relationship with the world, um, and specifically the church. So that, that was, I would say that was a very, very powerful life changing experience
1: for me. Yeah, that is so huge. I think for a lot of people, um, for women who are listening right now, uh, not, not there yet on the journey of fully accepting, um, what God has put in them. And so, for, for some, I think it is their circumstance has precluded them from living into that, um, you know whether it's uh, the theology that that they're in at their church or whatever that is. Um, I think sometimes it's it's fear, right, yes. and and expectation of what preconceived ideas of what we think it should be. Yeah. Um, I I think about what that would be if mm-hmm. all of us were unleashed to fully live in our giftedness, oh. and I think mm-hmm. it makes me yeah. sad to think if that had not happened for you, Christine. Your your sphere of influence would not be affected the way I've seen it. You know, I've seen it, and that would the world would be missing that, right? And you would be miserable. That's the thing. You'd be trying to be something you're not. <gasps> Isn't that it? Yes,
2: yes, yes. yes.
0: It, it's so awesome that, and to think too, the, the full circle of. You know, something that brought you to that space of like infertility being a piece of kind of the puzzle for you to see the Lord redeem that that feeling in your heart of emptiness to be the thing that you now provide for other people. Is so wild oh, to me. Oh
1: wow. Aaron took it
0: full circle. <laughs> <No>.
2: <laughs> my mind is blown.
0: <laughs> but it's just that's the who our God is. He it's always hard to recognize. I my grandma used to tell us when we were kids that um, you know, being a Christian is like being in a cornfield where you can only see the stalks that are right in front of yeah. you. And our God is in like a plane overhead. He can see the entire strategy. Yes. And um it's such a beautiful thing. And I mean, such kudos to your obedience to continue to not let, and I think some of us may be in that space of ministry, where if the theology of the church is in a position or fear is in a position to stop us, to let that actually keep us from moving in forward motion or have us make a decision to shift gears. And, that, and not that that's a bad thing, but that might be where some people are. And Kudos to you for the obedience of saying like, God, I trust what you're putting in my heart and what you've gifted me with, and I'm going to pursue it in, in the best way I know possible in obedience to you, which is so awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that is Christine, beautiful. was
1: it hard to, when you got to that place of, when you got to the other side of that, and I'm sure it was a process, but kind of accepting that and wanting to live more fully into that. My guess is you did not wake up the next morning and suddenly have all these opportunities coming your way for you to live into that giftedness. So um, I know I want to get to our last question, but real quick to stay on this, can, can you talk a little bit about um, sort of that discernment and that waiting of it's one thing to accept it and to appreciate who you are and to see those gifts in yourself and even for other people to affirm them. Yeah. But that doesn't mean the opportunity is there yet. And I think a lot of women are in that that tension, talk about tension, of mm-hmm. knowing what they are supposed to be, air quotes, doing, mm-hmm. and yet the door, another air quotes, <laughs> not being open. Yeah, um, them, yeah. can you just share either what that was like for you or just a word of encouragement for those who might be in that
2: space? Yeah, well, I think that there is something so beautiful about wilderness. And, and that's really what that season was for me, was a wilderness season. And there's something about God, the way that God speaks to us in the wilderness. And, you know, in Hosea, it talks about how God woos, woos his people into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I think that if you are in that wilderness space, for you to cling to God, for you to ask him what might be the next right thing to do, I love how Emily Freeman talks, what's the next right thing to do in love? What's the next right thing to take a step in the right direction? Because we can't just sit here and wait for people to ask us to lead. <laughs> I mean, you know, it took, let's see, how many years, 15 years later, for me to step into this calling that I am and that Aaron you so beautifully named. It's so funny because that night that I spoke and that first The first pulpit experience I had with Psalm 139, there was a man in the congregation that came up to me afterwards and he said, I saw a word over your head when you were preaching. It said, mother to many. And at the time, I thought that meant Mm -hmm. I would have more children. But what I see in retrospect is that God had a calling over my life that I would be able to be a mother to many in a way different way. Than, than I had wow. ever imagined through fostering and then through also mothering foster parents and through also finding mothers for children. So it's this huge oh, wow. thing. I know, it's this huge thing that God is doing. <laughs> and the thing that's so, I think we also have to do when God kind of speaks to us through that, that still small voice or through people, we always have to make sure that, you know, okay, is that from God? Let's hold it loosely. And then we have to let God surprise us in how he fulfills those words. Because I think sometimes he gives us some words in our spirit and we assume that it means what we want it to mean, you know, um, right. <laughs> instead of like letting it become what it actually is. Um, and and, you know, when I think about the story of Abraham, God asked him to go he, go sacrifice. Isaac. that was never what God actually wanted him to actually do, uh, but it's what got him where he needed to be. So I think that there's this, which is another whole theological conversation we can have. But yeah. <laughs> I, I know, Andrea. Gonna... Oh, One thing my... at a time, lady. <laughs> Simmer down. <laughs> I know. See, this is what happens. So anyway, I hope that answers a little bit. But it, I think just finding that next right thing that you can do proactively. Can you? I mean, I know that these. Can you? Can you speak out on Instagram? Can you? Can you? Can you um, use your voice in spaces of influence that you have? Leaders are called and seen. You can't say, "I'm the leader. Everyone follow me." What what we have to? You, leaders are followed because people see you and they want to follow you. So become a yeah, person because that because you're people, leading. You're leading. Become a person that people yeah. want to follow. And a lot of times, the person that people want to follow is shaped in the wilderness. Is shaped in that dark mm. place of transformation, metamorphosis. You know, the most beautiful things happen in the dark. You know, babies and diamonds and pearls and you know butterflies.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that picture um like you were saying of of holding that that God has given you and then waiting to see what he will do and it's that open-handed sense of you know having ownership of it but also not taking ownership for the outcome yes. doing what you know to do and know that God has the outcome. Yes. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Um Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch to our third question, which we um, we love to end with this big open-ended question <laughs> that is all about lead bold. And so, Christine, what to you does
2: it mean to lead bold? Mm, such a good question. I think the first thing I want to say, the first thing to me when I think in terms of leading bold is celebrating other women. I think that one of the things in this space. Um, it's so easy to do because so often there's so few women and in, in positions of leadership and ministry that often it's easy for us to have this scarcity mentality where if we have to hustle and we have to be the best so we can be the one with the seat at the table and if she's at the table then it means I can't be at that no 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 we have to resist that scarcity thinking and think in terms of abundance that there's enough room at the table for more than one woman please god right and <laughs> right like, and this idea of instead of looking at a woman and saying gosh I wish I had her gifts gosh I wish I had her platform wow I wish I had her husband <laughs> who celebrates her right <laughs> well that got real <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> so instead of saying that well no and you know what women are com- competitive about things that matter men are competitive to and I'm making a generalization here but I've noticed in my life that a lot of times men are competitive around sports, right? But women are like, well, my child, you know, has 4.2, oh, 4. Yeah. Yeah. you know. Uh, we, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. There's like this comparison about things that yeah. like really kind of matter. Uh, and I so for me, leading bold means celebrating her, calling her out. When I see someone who's better than me at something, that I'm inspired by it, that I sit at her feet and learn, that I – it's literally just like affirm her again, speaking life over people. If you feel jealous of a woman, I encourage you to write her an encouragement note. <laughs> um, I, I encourage you to. Yeah,
1: it's the same as yes. what we were same. saying about praying for the same, one same. that has offended you. It's the same. Pray for the one you're jealous of. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like pray yeah. blessing and even more. Yes success and even more like I, that's so great.
2: What a difference that would make Yeah, yeah, to think that way. Yeah. For me being inspired instead of competitive, instead of comparing, being inspired, instead of comparing, celebrate, instead of comparing elevate. Um, So that, that's one, one way. Were you saying something, Erin?
0: Oh, I was just going to say that it's um, I, it's so often, I think that like you said, because there are so scarce, you know, there's a scarcity of leadership in certain positions. I think sometimes women also fall in the place where it's like, oh, I can't engage in that. That's her thing, right? Like almost that there's like Mm. ownership over certain channels of ministry. And our God is is someone who is like – he wants as many harvesters are as available and, and, and willing and have the heart and passion to do it. And in a similar fashion, I think anytime I've been like, you know, I'm really interested in that, but that feels like it's her thing. Like if I really am interested in it to come alongside and say, you're doing amazing work. Will you just like teach me? Yes. Like, I want to learn Absolutely. from you. Like sit at the feet, yes. like you said, and say, Hey, I want to know more. Like it and it doesn't have to be competitive to say like I'm not learning more to push you out of your space. I'm learning more because I think that the more people that give time, effort and passion to this, the stronger God's glory can be revealed to people, yeah. which is so cool. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's so huge. And I mean honestly, and you guys know this, that is the heart behind Lead Bolt. Yeah. You know, to be this community where we do celebrate each other and we, we make room for each other. And that, um, you know, there's such a diversity in our community and our lead bold community of experience and the type of ministry we do and the different gifts that we bring and all of that. And I just want this to become, and it is already becoming, but to continue to be a place where, there is literally room for everyone. And I just, I think that is such a beautiful picture of, of the body of Christ, right? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Totally. Yes. Because if you're looking at, say, say, say you're looking at a woman who's got strong leadership gifts and you have different gifts that are maybe more um, domestically inclined and you're despising those gifts when God has put those in you, to lead and have influence in the place he's put you. So in, in any way, we can't compare. I think we could do this either way. And that's what, that's what the enemy does, right? He comes and steals and kills and destroys the beauty in any way. And so we're all comparing ourselves instead of just being this incredible version of ourselves that God has created. And to me, that's what spiritual maturity is. It's we're becoming transformed more and more into the image of Jesus, which really means we're becoming more truly ourselves. We're becoming more truly ourselves. You know, um, I don't know if we have time for one more one more, uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I think the other thing I just want to say about leading bold—that's really important to me—that is being willing to say the hard things, um, to sit around a table and be the one who maybe brings something up that other people don't want to bring up. I think being able, mm. being willing to make a decision when everyone can't understand it and you can, and you don't have the freedom to explain it to everyone. I think that is a big part of, for me, what it means to lead bold, that it is not my job to make everyone feel comfortable with everything. It is my job to speak the truth that I believe God has called me into that environment to speak and that I am, I am faithful to do what he has called me to in this environment. And sometimes that's uncomfortable and that feels, sometimes that feels risky and that's bold, but it's the invitation of those of us who follow Jesus. And want to follow his lead and lead others to where he wants to take us. Because it's not going to be all, it's not always going to be easy. Sometimes the road is going to be treacherous. And we're going to have to call people, we're going to have to call people to wake up. We're going to have to call people to repent. We're going to have to call people to do things that are uncomfortable, to get uncomfortable. Because that's when stuff really changes in the world, is when we get uncomfortable. And so I think that's another thing that I really wanted to emphasize as a way that I want to be a a, a one a woman who leads bold and also that I would invite our listeners to also lead bold in that way.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it it kind of just even goes back to that. Um, and I know I struggle with this too, like the wanting to be liked oh, and yes. uh, kind of the people pleasing oh and, and all that and, and having that filter over things and quieting down the spirit who is residing in me, who might be um, putting something on my heart and, and it's going to come out differently for me than it does for you, Aaron. It does for you, Christine, like you said, Christine, one of your gifts is prophecy and leadership. So you're probably, I'm putting words in your mouth, often experience a real clarity on kind of where the line is. Um, And whereas I might find that a different way, Erin, you might find it a different way, but I love that it's, it's really being able to set aside growing in our leadership, maturing in our leadership and spiritual formation is knowing how much volume to give everybody, Mm. like who's the loudest voice and who are the, a little less loud voices and who are the ones that are totally muted (laughs) because they're not drawing me toward God's call and in in this specific situation, whatever that is. So absolutely like the boldness coming out in not being afraid to speak, um, or do or be or whatever, um, unapologetically, you know, not being afraid to be those things and to say those things. That's huge.
0: Right. I love that. Right. And that might, I think God has given Oh, sorry. I was gonna say, I think God has given a special, you know, women and men were made differently for a reason. And I do think that there is often the perspective of the female heart, which just tends to have, and this is obviously a generalization too, but it tends to have more of an empathetic nature towards people. And so um, in that space, sometimes I think that, you know. We may be afraid to be the person who has to speak out, but but knowing that not only as a woman, but also as an individual, that God has given you a perspective that has value and has an important, um, you know, an important direction in its in its descriptions and in the way that it co- talks to people. Um, I've always thought that sometimes, you know, the best person to tell, uh, you know, the tough thing might be a lady because she'll probably do it with a little bit more tact. <laughs> I might be a little. I might be a little biased. Yeah. Generalizations, generalizations given, but I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> that could be the subtitle of the autobiography. What was it? Aggressively, right. Aggressively likable. Aggressively
2: like a bull, a lady with tact, sometimes, in parentheses, sometimes, sometimes. 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 No, the, sometimes. By, the byline on my bio would be, don't tell me to calm down. That, that's what it is. <laughs> Oh, geez. yeah. Geez. <laughs> because if Ooh, you just push the accelerator, if you told me to calm down, yeah. my brother, you just <laughs> push the accelerator. Lucky you.
0: Oh
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. Erin, we have to add that as one of our questions. What would the title of your, or our goal in every episode will be to find the person's title of
2: (laughs) the title.
0: Aggressively Um, likable. Don't tell me to calm down. Christine. (laughs) It's (laughs) perfect.
2: Now, besides
1: <laughs> listeners um, finding your future book that you're going to write called, like, <laughs> how can, how can listeners find you? I'm sure I know that this has been valuable and uh, we want to hear more from you. So what are some ways that people can find you?
2: Oh yeah. I'm I'm on Instagram at Christine Ingebretson and I actually have a website, christinespeaks.org. Um, that you can find me there and also at Foster the Bay you can find me over there quite a bit um, on Instagram and Facebook I'd love for you to pop over there as well thanks Andrea awesome. what a joy
1: well wow. it has been incredibly wonderful and um, just so nourishing to get to talk with you thank you for taking time to talk with us so glad
0: to have you and we'll see you next time thanks ladies <laughs> bye Thank you so much for tuning into this conversation with us here at the Lead Bold Podcast. We really hope that this was an opportunity for you to be blessed, to be encouraged, maybe to gain some insight or to shed some light on experiences you've had that are similar. All that to say, we know that it's a safe space to talk about what God is doing. It's a safe space to talk about how he's moving and ultimately how we can continue to encourage each other to lead bold. And don't forget, there are still tickets available uh, at leadingbold.org for the conference this weekend just a couple days away. We would absolutely love to have you join us. We'll see you next time.